Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm here with Marley Randazzo and Caleb Madison. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, Jason? Good. I'm so excited because we just launched uh, our first ever crossword puzzle. Thanks to you guys. Yes, we're very excited about it, too. Uh, we have been working on this project for a while, and we're really excited to get it to the world. Through yeah, I feel like it's been a lot of back and forth, uh, mostly because we were trying to figure out how the hell to put a crossword puzzle on the internet, which uh, you guys figured out. Um, obviously, it's not rocket science, but making it all sort of work with our site and stuff has been a challenge, I guess. Uh, but it looks good now. It sh- should be up by the time you guys are hearing this. Um, tell me a little bit about Solve the Internet. Well, Solve the Internet started around uh, two years ago uh, when I was uh, finishing up uh, working as the crossword editor of BuzzFeed. And uh, we were talking about why the project crosswords at BuzzFeed didn't totally work, uh, what went well, what I learned from it. And we realized that we think that this is still a really cool an interesting idea for the publishing world that that mini crosswords that like a new kind of type of mini crosswords that uh, played to uh, uh, a modern phone kind of using human being uh, is would be something cool would be something that people would like and so we decided to continue to pursue it. Yeah, I feel like for the most part, the only crosswords on the internet, and there are more than than one, but the main one is the New York Times um, crossword, which I try to do every day. I can usually do Monday through Thursday, and then sometimes Sunday. But uh, like, there's not a whole lot of variety out there. Am I wrong? Am I just not looking at like the broader world of internet crosswords, or is that kind of the case? No, there, there are actually a lot of non-New York Times crosswords. I mean, I, I got into crosswords uh, around 10 years ago because when the internet culture was and social media culture was kind of forming, uh, there was this crop of independent crosswords, indie crosswords they're called in, in, the, in the biz. They're all really kind of like different and they all had kind of unique voices and they were kind of unconstrained by the institutional oversight of something like the New York times and they could kind of talk to an audience and be a little more familiar. And that was what got me into puzzles in the first place. Uh, so, uh, I, there, there isn't, however, that type of, as far as I know, relationship, that kind of thing with uh, a mini, a mini crossword. And I, I also don't think a lot of these crosswords, uh, recognize the, the, 
way that people, uh, how people are solving, are, are solving. solving. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was just jumping in. Like, I, I think that um, to Jason's question, like, they, I mean, yes, there are maybe a lot of energy crossword puzzles, but in terms of like one dominant voice in the space, there really is no one even remotely close to New York Times, and they completely own that. And not only that, but they've been able to, with their vast resources, move forward and create this platform and app, which I don't know if you or your listeners are using, but it's, it kicks ass. It's really good. Like, frankly, it's just a really good experience. Do you solve online or do you use like, the paper? Uh, I use the app. Um, you know, I honestly, I, I love the New York Times. I read the paper. Or, I mean, I read it online, but I finally like decided to subscribe because they were doing a special on the crossword puzzle. And I think probably a lot of people are like that. Like it, it's it costs extra to do the crossword uh, to get a crossword subscription in addition to like the newspaper comes with the crossword at this point for, for those customers. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, like, I think it was two days ago, that Bloomberg piece about the profitability of the crossword and how many subscribers they, they have that are just crossword people. It's, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly vast. The, the people that just, just saw, just subscribe for puzzle for the puzzle. rather. <clears throat> yeah. So that's uh, that's our new plan, I guess, <laughs> pivoting the crosswords. Um, no, I mean, I think this, this first puzzle that you guys have put out is is great, and I'm I'm proud of it. I'm really excited that we're publishing it, and we're going to do this once a week for at least the next three months, hopefully longer, and, and maybe we'll do it more fr- with more frequency if uh, people like it. But um, I wanted to talk about, like, how do you go about building a crossword puzzle brand like what what is our plan here how do you go about building a crossword puzzle i i don't know i i think something i learned in, at buzzfeed uh and just in general believe is that if you tr- try to make something that you think uh people will enjoy that's the strongest brand that there is i i, I don't think too much about it from the outside perspective i just try to make clues as like like I'm trying to make my friends laugh, I guess. And like, I'm trying to make people like I know, enjoy the experience of guessing something. Um, but in terms of brand, I don't know. Well, yeah, well, I mean, there's clearly a voice that you can make, you insert yourself into your puzzles that, that other, like the New York times would never do, for example. Yes. Yes. You, you are, you were a character or the, or the, cons- the constructor is a character. Yeah, that, that's a much better way of asking that question, which is uh, in seeing some of the samples you've sent me in this first one, you guys clearly have a voice here, whereas, uh, you know, the New York Times is often playful, but it it does seem to come from sort of like this voice in the sky. Um, you know, the, the New York Times is saying this, whereas this is a much more conversational crossword puzzle. Can you just talk a little bit about that tone or about what, what you're going for here? Yeah, I, I guess I... One of the things that, as someone who solves crosswords and enjoys them, one of the things I uh, don't like is cr- the ex- exclusivity of the language of crosswords sometimes. And how, I, you know, when I ask people if they like crosswords, they're like, oh, no, like, I, c- I can never do that. I can never do that. And I think it's kind of because this really formal language can be, it can be a little bit... Uh, keep you on the outside a little bit. Um, I feel like, and I have been excited to be able to tone down that formality 
um, and try to make it as like welcoming and uh, casual an experience as possible just because I think that's fun. And that's the kind of puzzle I, that's what I kind of like to solve when I was getting into puzzles with these indie puzzles. It was just like, if they're the idea that there's another person on the other side of it. Um, most people, when I tell them that I make puzzles are like, people do that. And I like to, I think it's always kind of interesting to learn that there's actually someone on the other side of it, kind of putting these answers in the puzzle and then uh, giving you hints to, to, to guess them. And to look at it from a different angle, I mean, you, we've always discussed the idea of like the fact that New York Times is kind of quizzing you on like what you can remember about the world. All these, all these things are kind of like, I guess, solidified in canon. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they, they only let certain, they only reference certain things in puzzles in, in the New York Times. Yes. Whereas, I guess we want to aim this to be a bit more about, are you paying attention? Are you current? Are you, are you it, it's, it's, it should be less of a, of a test as more of a, maybe like game, a, more game, a game. Yeah. A journal, yeah. Even like a journalistic experience kind of in, in a way it can be definitely a form of journalism for sure. Um, yeah. And also of, of course, I mean like disruption is the name of the game and we're looking to, I mean, we're starting with crosswords, but we're looking into these types of crosswords where it's like those credit cards where you just put them on a chip and then you put them on a port in your body or your head and that's solving the puzzle. Um, Vapable clues is something we're researching, which we're pretty excited about. We know that the, Jewel your crossword. Yeah, just right. Jewel your crossword. I mean, how, that's the goal is to make it as uh, efficient, this experience as efficient as possible. Yeah. Um, can you talk, I mean, we can, I don't know how, if this is like a boring question or not, but can we talk about the creative process in terms of making a puzzle? Like I saw the um, documentary wordplay about the New York Times puzzle with uh, Will Shorts, but uh, I'm, I'm curious, like how do you approach making a puzzle, uh, especially when you have this sort of internal mandate to make it relevant, to make it about the internet? Um, you know, obviously you can't make not every single clue is going to be about the internet because of the way that puzzles work. So how do you decide like which clues or how much of a puzzle is going to be relevant? Is going to be about memes? Is going to be about the news or, or internet culture? And then how do you fill in the rest of it? Well, basically you can only put in a certain amount of answers intentionally. And the rest of the fill is what the, it's called in kind of the crossword world has to kind of organize itself based on the constraints of the answers that you actively want to put in, um, which are often referred to as like seed entries. Like you're seeding it with entries, you know, will be relevant to your solvers. Sometimes it's a theme in the New York times. It's a theme a lot of the time, but with my, with these minis, with the solve the internet minis, uh, I'm looking for throughout the week, things that are have happened that a lot of people are talking about that also are kind of like would look funny in a crossword grid um, or that I think could be clued in a kind of a funny, weird way. Um, yeah. In, ge in general, the something, I, I think it was Will Shorts who said this, who it, uh, is like a, a crossword is, I think people enjoy a crossword and it's lasted for so long um, because it's like a different way of using all the vocabulary and knowledge that's in the rest of the newspaper. You're not reading it as like a narrative or as something as reportage, something that really happened. It's like turned into, it's like a made abstract a little bit, turned into like a pattern. Um, and I think with the internet, I mean, the newspaper, the word, the amount of words used in a newspaper is like the newspaper is infinite and it's always printing. 
Um, so I, there's a lot more opportunity for new event, weird words, events that a uh, very ephemeral events. I, I think memes are, are perfect for this because crosswords are just supposed to be this kind of ephemeral thing that you solve alongside the barrage of actual news that you're expected to understand. Um, and it makes it into a game that doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the difficulty of this because um, I did it and I felt like it was perfect difficulty for myself who is extremely online on Twitter all day, every day. Um, I think that most people will be able to solve this, but it's not so easy that uh, you can do it in two seconds. So how do you go about you know, gauging the difficulty as a puzzle maker? Um, yeah, it's kind of hard because I, once I start cluing, I already kind of know the answers. So it's hard for me to put my perspective, put myself in the perspective of someone who is approaching it from the clue first. Um, but I, besides trying to put a few answers in there that everyone who is, I, I, I guess I try to put a, div it's a good, really good question. I would say I try to make some answers very clear as to what they are um, and clue them with like a blank or something that's going to get you to the, that refers to the fact a little more directly. Um, and some clues that are a little more kind of punny and elliptical and don't get at it. And when I make the grid, which is what you do first, I always try to make sure that all the vocabulary is something that I think someone who reads a lot and is online a lot will know that that's the base that I'm, I'm catering to. And, and then also just like having other people look at it. Like it's, you yeah. know, it's, it's almost like kind of just like guess and check, like, Hey, did this work? Is this too hard? Is this easier? I mean, you and I, Jason, we both had some, some, some thoughts about the first, the first round before putting this live. So I think that's like, that's, pretty much the extent of the process as far as it goes. I'm curious if there is any sort of generational divide among puzzle makers or puzzle solvers. Um, you know, crossword puzzles have traditionally been done on pen and paper, but now they're done online and in, on phones. I think that obviously people still love games like our generation loves games, but I'm curious if there is any sort of divide in terms of like types of puzzles that are made or you know do young people still like crossword puzzles are young people solving them in different places uh do they not want to do crosswords for some reason um or, or i don't know I, I just grew up like my dad was doing crosswords and i didn't find that i was interested in them until i was older and i don't know if there was a reason for that but now i love them uh i'm still you know relatively young but i'm just curious if there's like a, a shift that's happened I think a, that's like the main question and that's sort of one of the main reasons why we started doing this solid internet project initially is because we recognized this, I guess, antiquated medium that existed, but also this really intense demand to continue to do it by young people. Like, I mean, like, just like you said yourself and, you know, in our circle of, of friends and people still enjoy solving and I mean, look no further than all the various quiz games that existed. Like, remember, remember, you were a Sporkle person. I was a big Sporkle guy in high school, just like running those quizzes as free periods as much as I possibly could. Um, this, like, this, I guess the the game, the puzzle gaming experience is t 
totally like universal and intergen and like spans generations. And I guess, and that nostalgia that you mentioned about your dad doing crosswords plays a huge role as well. Like, I think we all like we all have some kind of experience with a crossword in our lives, be it some family member or a friend's parent or something like that. And I think, again, adapting this this old medium into into a new way and updating the content and kind of just changing the voice a little bit to something that's a little more recognizable and, and internet native really, I mean, is exciting and, and it could be really fun. And again, like, I think that that's what we've seen so far, yeah. Yeah, the original reason why the New York Times, and I guess still the reason why the New York Times clues have to be a certain length, they're usually formal because they have to be short, um, because it's on print, they have to fit into a specific part in the newspaper and they can't be any bigger than that. Um, I, there's a lot of rules that were invented that dictate what, what a crossword can and can't be that were made in the 1920s by this woman, Margaret Farrar, before print, uh, for a print newspaper. And I am just excited about what about, about that can change in digital while still keeping that the, the thing that has drawn people to the crossword for a century. Yeah, I think the thing that kept me from doing New York Times or any other crosswords until I was in high school or college was I just didn't have the cultural references to, you know, talk about like the Glo Golden Globe winners from the 1960s or something like that. So I, there is like this sort of age gate if you do, if you if you don't want to cheat and if you're not sort of like an encyclopedia, someone who enjoys reading the encyclopedia or learning sort of useless trivia for the sake of solving puzzles. If you're someone who just kind of like picks it up as you go, you can't really do it until you have like a history of of reading and learning that comes with age, I guess. And, and I think what we're trying to do here is is make something that uh, as long as you've been paying attention the last couple weeks or, or months or, or year or so, you should be able to solve it or at least have a fighting chance of solving it. Absolutely. And like, I mean, even just from a like utilitarian perspective, like there are, like there are more people who are reading and participating in culture than ever have existed in the history of humankind. So it should, if anything, it should be getting, the solver base should be getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And also, I mean, we're held hostage at the mercy of a billion pieces of useless trivia <laughs> every day. So why use old trivia when you can maybe recycle the one of the facts that has been a part of the news cycle? Yeah, no, I agree totally. Um yeah, I'm so excited that we're doing this. Uh, that's all I wanted to talk about is just like, how did this come to be? What is it about? Uh, where can you solve it? You can solve it on Motherboard. Um, we'll try to release it probably every Wednesday uh, starting, starting this week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.